Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Great to uh, be able to be with you all again and uh, spend some time in God's Word. And uh, looking forward to our time. What I'll do this morning is we'll read our passage in the book of John, uh, Gospel of John, chapter 1. And then, uh, and then we'll take a moment to pray, and then we'll uh, spend some time just looking to what the Lord has for us this morning. Uh, let's read. If you have your Bibles open, I'll be reading out of the New American Standard uh, Bible. Uh, maybe slightly different from yours, depending on your translation, but hopefully close enough that uh, together we'll be united in getting uh, the full essence of what's being said. John 1, verse 19 says this is the testimony of John, when the Jews sent to him priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? And he confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. They asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. And then they said to him, Who are you? So that we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And he said, I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. And they asked him and said to him, Why then are you baptizing, if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize in water, but among you stands one whom you do not know. It is he who comes after me, the thong of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany beyond the Jordan, where John was baptized. The next day he saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he on behalf of whom I said, After me comes a man who has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. I did not recognize him, but so that he might be manifested to Israel, I came baptizing in water. John testified, saying, I have seen the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven, and he remained upon him. I did not recognize him, but he who sent me to baptize in water said to me, He upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining upon him, this is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that as we open your word again today, as we read the Gospel of John, this word that you have preserved for us, I pray again this morning that we would uh, simply stop and take a moment, not only to reflect, but to listen. That as we are on this journey, that we are longing to hear not just words about you, but your words of truth and righteousness. That we might understand not who you are, but who you desire to be for each and every one of us. In the midst of our lives, in the midst of our circumstances, in the midst of our relationships. In all of this, we trust, Lord, that today, once again, as always, as a God who desires to reveal himself, that you will be revealing. That you will be telling that you will be reminding each and every one of us of your will and your way today. Thank you that as we open your word today, and as we look unto you, that we might listen and learn. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, we're spending this time in the Gospel of John, 
And just to, again, gain our context, it's in John that is, has already been mentioned. We picked up at the beginning that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning, it says, with God, and all things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being. So that, it says, that has come into being, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. And, and as John begins talking about this word, this living word from the beginning, it's later on, as we read on, that he says this, and I'll read in, in verse 14, it says this, And the word became flesh. This light of life, this lamp of the world, took on human form. The word became flesh. And says this, dwelt among us. It dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so as John begins to reveal this message, the whole message is about this, that the word of life, that the source of light, came to the earth in human form. And I love, as I've mentioned to you before, that word dwelt is theotomai, which is where we get our current word theater. It is the glory of God came down and literally theatered in front of us. You get that picture? We sat down and took in a show, a display of God's glory. And it says, the only gotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, we beheld, we saw it. And now as we read on, we're going to get John's uh, telling of exactly what he saw. That when he saw this word of life come in human form, he's going to begin to tell us all of these things. And as we begin to look this morning at John 1 and verse 19, it, what our take home today is actually going to be this, that listen, you have to know what you are not before you can truly become what you are meant to be. And this is John. Because as he begins to tell us about and give testimony of this light of life that the people were longing for, it's fascinating to know that from the very beginning, there was already a great deal of confusion, not only about who Jesus was, but even more so, who John was. There was all kinds of confusion about who this man was. And, and as we begin to look at this, we open with these words. This is the testimony of John. The Jews sent to him priests and Levites to ask him, who are you? And, and here's the question we need to understand this morning. It is often, we're going to be asked that question, who are you? And, and if we don't have a good grasp, on who we are, it'll be hard to see the fullness of who Christ is. And interestingly enough, as many times as we're going to go on together and read in the Gospel of John, who Jesus says, I am, here in the opening, we see more so times that John says, who I am not. Listen again. He confessed and did not deny but confessed, I am not the Christ. They asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? 
He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? Most likely meaning Moses. And, and he said, no. And they said to him, who are you? So that we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And he said this, I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. Now as we look at those words, he quotes Isaiah 40, in which God had told the people that one was coming, a voice was going to clear the way for the Lord. Isaiah 40 verse 3, clear the way for the Lord that makes smooth in the desert, a highway for our God, let every valley be lifted up and every mountain hill be made low, and let the rough ground become plain. It was in Malachi, and I'm going to throw out a few verses if you want to have references, I can give them all to you later, uh, but for time's sake, I'll quickly just recite a few. Malachi 3 verse 1, Behold, I am going to send my messenger, and he will clear the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Malachi goes on and says this, Behold, I am going to send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. And he will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, so that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. You see, in both Malachi and Isaiah, it was prophesied that a messenger would come. A, a person would make way for the Lord and announcing a, a, a making smooth. And yet, though the prophecy says Elijah the prophet would come, and now, if you go and read the Jewish Mishnah, it is filled with uh, writings about that very thing, Elijah coming before the Messiah. And so they long to understand, one, here's a man baptizing, was he Christ? And the answer, no. Was he Elijah? The answer, no. Was he a prophet? His answer, no. Confidently and clearly, and notice what we read, he did not deny but confess, I am not the Christ. He didn't leave any room for misconception or misunderstanding. He actively confessed who he wasn't, so that they might know who he was. And who, who was he? Simply a voice. You see, this morning, as we look at this, and, and I'm reminded so clearly in my own walk, and like you, I have not arrived, but am daily reminded that I am on this journey, and, and needing more than ever the grace of Christ. And as I read, what, what strikes me is this. How clearly John knew who he wasn't. Because if he would have thought more of himself, more of his ministry, more of what he was there to do, he may well have missed the very one he was intending to lead the people to. In fact, that's the very reason those Pharisees, longing and searching for the Messiah, missed him altogether. It was when Jesus healed the blind man in John chapter 9, which later, obviously in our church study, we'll see that they came to him, a messianic miracle. 
a miracle that no one had done to heal the man born blind. And note Jesus' words in John 9, tell no one but go and present yourselves to the temple. Why? Because it was a sign that Jesus was the one they were waiting for. But when the blind man came, what was the answer? He healed you on the Sabbath. That's not right. That can't be. And they became so consumed with their religious order, their religious right to rule, that they missed the Messiah in the process. They were so consumed with their lawful living according to their righteous religious standards that they missed God's righteousness standing right in front of them. In fact, Jesus said these words in John 9, if only you were blind, then you would see. They thought they were more than they were, and they missed it. And here John says, listen, I'm not the Christ, I'm not Elijah, I'm not the prophet, but I'm one crying, made straight the way of the Lord. Fascinatingly enough, again, as I mentioned, there was a lot of confusion both around who Jesus was and John. In Mark 6, we read this about King Herod. It says in Mark 6, verse 14, King Herod heard of all that was happening, and it said, for his name had become well known, and the people were saying, John the Baptist is risen from the dead. And that is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. But others were saying he's Elijah. But others were saying he's a prophet like one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he kept saying, John, who I, who I beheaded, was risen. You see, there was a, a great deal of thought that, that Jesus was actually John risen. As you read on in, in, in these Gospels, in Matthew 11, we were told this, Jesus says to his disciples and those around him, what did you go out to see, a prophet? Yes, I tell you, one who is more than a prophet. Matthew 11, verse 10, this is the one about whom it is written, behold, I send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there is not arisen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and violent men take it by force. For all the prophets and the law are prophesied until John. And if you are willing to accept it, John himself is Elijah, who was to come. He who has ears, let him hear. Note that. Jesus himself, about John, said what? He is Elijah. What's fascinating to me is this. That if you ask John, what did he know about himself? I am simply a voice crying, the Lord is coming. It was Jesus who said, he is Elijah. The spirit of Elijah is with him. It was Jesus who said, he has fulfilled this. In Matthew 17, he says again, the disciples asked him, verse 10, 
when the scribes say that Elijah must come first. And he answered and said, Elijah is coming and will restore all things. But I say to you that Elijah already came. And they did not recognize him, but did to him whatever they wished. So also the Son of Man is going to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he had spoken to them about John the Baptist. Notice this. It was never John's place to claim a fulfillment of work or anything that was beyond him. That was never his place. His place was simply to be faithful with what God asked him to do today. Cry out. Make way the way of the Lord. Make known the baptism of repentance. This was his role. God's role was to fulfill the prophecy. God's role was to work through John. You see, the moment I think more of who I am, more of my ability, more of me, I can miss altogether all of him. I think back, and, and though we don't have time to go running through the scriptures, though often I like to, it's fascinating when you look at many of the people God used. Like when we read about uh, Mary in, in the book of Luke in chapter 1. And note this, when the angel came and said, Greetings, favorite one, the Lord is with you. And she was very perplexed by this statement. The angel goes on and says, Listen, uh, uh, you will conceive and your womb will bear a son. You shall name him Jesus. And Mary says this, How can this be since I'm a virgin? What's her initial response? You chose the right woman, God. I've been waiting. I heard a prophecy about a virgin. Bring it on. I'm able. I got it. Now, what's her response? Who, me? How? It was beyond her fathoming that what? God might choose her. And yet, through that, God said, the angel answered and said, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child will be called the Son of God. You see, the fulfilling of God's promise wasn't something to be grasped, wasn't something to obtain or be attained to, but a gift received in all humility. She knew who she was, and also knew who she wasn't. I love looking back at the Old Testament, like Abraham, Genesis, and you look back at chapter 15 after God says, listen, Abraham, I'm calling you out, and I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. And by chapter 15, after he had already waited, God comes, and Abraham says to God, what will you give me, since I am childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus, since you've given me no offspring, one, there's one not born in my house who's my heir. Here's Abram. Hey, God, you keep talking about this blessing. Here's all I see. I see an empty house. I see a barren wife. I see childless in my list of descendants. Here's God. 
This man will not be your heir, but the one who comes forth from your body, he will be your heir. And he took him outside, looked toward the heavens, count the stars if you're able to count them, and said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he believed the Lord, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. You see, it was in their understanding, first of who they were not, that equipped them to receive the fullness of who God was. And today, and every day, I realize this, that today it's my knowledge of who I am not that leads me to the Christ who says who he is and who I am. Today, when I realize my knowledge of my need, that knowledge of my need, brings me to my knowledge of a need for a Savior. When I realize I can't save myself, I can't mend all my relationships, I can't be perfect in this, I can't do this, I can't do that, and it brings me to a place where I can see my need for the one who can. I have a great friend who often reminded me of this, that often, though I hate it, that trigger of thirst is something to be thankful for. Do you know why? If I didn't have that trigger of thirst, I'd never know my need for water. I'd never know. But I need it. And if I wasn't thirsty, if you didn't have a trigger for hunger, you'd die of starvation because you'd never know your need for food. And here, today, it's in my revelation of weakness that leads me to the understanding, and when I say I can't, of the one who says I can. And when I say I am not, it leads me to the one who says I am. And so when I am weak, it leads me to the one who says I am strong. When I am foolish, and I see it, and I embrace it, I understand my need for the Lord who says, what? I am wise. When I am, admit my poverty, my bankruptcy, I come to the God who says, I'm a God of provision. See, first the kingdom of God and all this will be offered and given unto you. When I can admit today that I am lost, now I see my need for the one who is the good shepherd who finds the lost sheep and says, I am your direction. I am a lamb unto you. You see, it's only until we see who we're not that we can then fully identify and attain who it is that God makes us and wants us to be. Because it is through Christ that I am forgiven. It is through Christ that I am now a child of heaven. That's not something I attain. It's something I receive. Received by faith in the one I needed. But the temptation, if, if John were so focused on his ministry, just as the, the Pharisees were, he may well have missed Jesus altogether in the process. If he were so focused on his own success, his own importance, his own value, his own voice, his own preaching. But do you remember what he said? He says, listen, listen, I baptize in water, but among you stands one whom you do not know, and it is he who comes, the one whose thong of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place 
He see, he always had an understanding of who he was not. I love how Paul writes for us in his letters to the Corinthians that he says, listen, the Lord gave me a thorn in my flesh. Do you remember why? He says, I prayed that it might be taken away. And you can find many books that all hypothesize what the thorn was. We don't know. But what we know is this, that, that God left something in his life, something that he longed to be, have victory over, that he longed to see taken away. And when he did, God said this, no, for my grace is what? Sufficient for you. And my power is perfected in weakness. He left it that he might keep him humble. He left a reminder of who Paul wasn't. Because imagine the temptation when people talk of the churches and the converts and the ministry and the miracles. And slowly but surely, the head game is this. And God's lucky to have me on his team. I'm somebody. We're taking this gospel somewhere. And you know what God said? No, Paul. I'm going to keep a steady reminder of who you're not today. You're going to hate every minute of it because you're going to remember your weakness, your depravity, your shortcomings. You're going to remember, and remember as he writes in his letters, chief sinner am I, for I persecuted the church you're going to remember that you're a murderer, Paul. So that you never think that you're more than what you are, a vessel. You're a vessel. You see, as we read this morning, John became who was because he knew what he wasn't. Always remembering. And not even fit to untie a sandal thumb from the one who is coming out. He was simply there to share and declare what God was showing him and telling him. His role was to be faithful. Are you Elijah? No. Are you a prophet? No. Simply a voice crying. That's me. Here's Jesus. Oh, by the way, he is Elijah. By the way, he's a prophet, and among them, one of the greatest. Never John's platform to declare or claim Jesus is to bestow. See the difference? At any time, my actions, my ministry, my ability, my education, the amount I give in the offering plate, the amount I do for Jesus, any time that overshadows the one who is Jesus. I may know all about God, but I may have missed him in the process. My religious fervor may have overshadowed the one that it's all about, the source. And the moment I think I become God's gift to people, I've become my own greatest gift. Remember our words in John 9, if only you were blind, then you would see. Pharisees. We read on in John 1 when John said this, Behold the Lamb of God 
who takes away the sin of the world. This is he on behalf of whom I said, after me comes a man who has a higher rank than I. For he existed before me. I did not recognize him, but so that he might be made manifest to Israel, I came baptizing in water. John testified, saying, I have seen the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven, and he remained upon him. I did not recognize him, but he sent me to baptize in water, said to me, He upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining upon him, this is the one who baptizes in the Spirit. You see, he was there for a purpose. He was there for a reason. Not to proclaim his platform, but the work of Jesus. God is consistently and constantly leading us into points and places where he is longing, not for people to see how good we are, how successful our ministry, how successful our work on his behalf, but that we might proclaim who he is. I love when you look back. Again, so many examples. In the Old Testament, you look at when Joseph stood before Pharaoh, and after all the people who tried to uh, tell Pharaoh his dream, do you remember Joseph's words? He said, listen, you told me my dream, something no one else could do. Can we find anyone wiser in the land? And he said, we're going to put him over. Here's Joseph's words. Only the living God can declare a dream. You know, in that moment, here's a guy who was a prisoner. He had been longing to get out of prison. If there was any moment where he might take the glory, hey, yeah, it was me. Am I getting me out of jail? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm special. Yeah, I've got a gift here. If there was any moment, wouldn't that have been the one? No, here's Joseph. Yeah, thanks. But, but uh, if you're going to start putting me on a pedestal, the first thing I've got to do it is not help you think more of who I am. It's to start by reminding you of who I'm not. And here's the reality. God only tells the truth. That's where it all begins. Paul again puts it so well in Corinthians. And we'll leave off on this reflection point. God who said, a light will shine out of the darkness. Is the one shone in our hearts. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Doesn't that fit with what we just read in John? But we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. Any moment, there's a, a moment, a temptation to think, I've made it, I've done it, I've arrived. Remember this. We're an earthen vessel, a jar of clay. That today we are called to give testimony to a greater power. And that as God leads us out these doors today, perhaps one more reference because I can't help myself. It says this as to this salvation. 1 Peter chapter 1. It says, As to this salvation, 
the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come made careful search and inquiry, seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicated. As he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. In these things which now have been announced to you, through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Isn't that great? They knew that they were not serving themselves. God was leading a group of people in many places so that people might ask, when they saw them live differently, who are you? Why do you live like that? How can you forgive like that? How can you be generous like that? How can you, and how often today, does my confession start, as we started this morning, with who I'm not? How are you so patient at a time like this? Uh, let me tell you. First, let me tell you who I'm not. I'm not patient. But I'll tell you what it is. Jesus. Look at the financial markets. How can you not be worried at a time like this? Hang on. I got a confession for you. I worry all the time. But I'll tell you something. There's a spirit in me, and it's Christ. It doesn't work. How can you forgive someone who did something like that to you? Hey, you know what? I got a confession. Here's who I'm not. I'm not all forgiving. In fact, I hold grudges. But I know a living Savior who forgave me and has instilled forgiveness in me. You see, often the testimony of Christ starts with who I am not before you can truly see who he is. And that shines in the face of often what's seen as our Christian hypocrisy, trying to put on a polished product for the world. Oh, Jesus will be seen through my attempts at perfection. No. Earthen this. He's seen as he shines through the cracks. But he'll never be seen if you don't show the cracks. Show them what you're not, so that they can see who he is. This is the testimony of John. Okay. And I love the fact that as he says, I saw a spirit come down upon me. There's a, a perfect tense used in the Greek. And this is one of those times in which it's not past tense. I saw something happen. Now in this particular tense, it's when you see something, but the effects continue on perpetually. Isn't that great? I saw the Spirit descending upon him, and it wasn't a one-time event. It's an event that now perpetually continues to what? Affect everything. This is the way we need to live. And I'm learning. But today it's humbling myself, asking for help when I say, I know who I'm not, and I know what I need. And today that's the same. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that we can open your word this morning and be reminded of this great testimony of John. That this morning we can look and see that you were preparing a word through prophets, not serving themselves, though there may have been every opportunity to serve themselves. 
Thank you that today, as a church, it is not our means nor end to create a huge congregation with a big name that's well known. Rather, be faithful with the word you give us. Whatever platform, whatever proclamation, whatever acclamation, that's yours. Our role today is to remember our weakness and, in the midst of it, our responsibility to share your word, your life, your strength. Thank you that today, where I am not, you are. And I pray that as we confess our brokenness, moment by moment, day by day, your mercies are new every morning, that today we would embrace who you are. Thank you for as many times as we say, I am not, in the scriptures you have said, I am the way, the truth, the life. And for that we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.